God wants you to experience the life that He designed. We can't allow life to kill the dream that we dream. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You will look back on your life and you'll say, man, life is good. The Word of God brings the abundant life into focus and within your grasp. As you listen, open your heart and discover life. It's like Jesus Christ, as the source of hope, just dominates these worship times. And, and what that does for me is I start to imagine things that I want to do and I want to see. And I know that it's going to be so much greater than my wildest imaginations. And I, I mean, that's what J Jesus is saying. And, and, and I, I go back, when I start to think about hope, I, I always go back to that quote because it always catches me. Any thought that I have that's not glistening with hope is a place where I believed a lie and allowed the enemy to steal from me. Any thought. And boy, that's, you know, I think hope is so important because it, it starts the, the whole, um, the whole uh, process of increase. You, first you see it in your heart, then you grab a hold of it. Um, you know, I, well, you guys can be seated. I was asked to, uh, I was asked to honor the veterans because it's Veterans Day this morning and, and to pray for our nation. And I, and I think this is the time right now in this atmosphere. And so if, if I could, I'd like to have everybody that has served in any branch of the military to stand right now. We want to recognize you and honor you. Um, so any, anyone that's served. Uh, yeah, can we give these guys a hand? Boy, boy, boy you know, we're... Uh, we're well, we're going to pray, but, but uh, in a minute here. But we're believing that that, uh, that that seed that you sowed of your sacrificing a part of your life for our nation, that God's going to make sure that you have a great personal reward for that, and that our nation is going to be rewarded for it too. And uh, and I was just going to so so I was going to we're going to pray together, but I want to pray the prayer of agreement. So, so, so I want to talk a little bit about what we're going to agree on. And, and I've asked them to put this scripture verse up on the screen. Uh, 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 this is a, uh, this is a, it's not a promise. It's a guarantee that God gives that, that, that he'll heal for healing a nation. And, and, and this is in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And, and, and I want to talk about it a little bit because I think it's, it says something different than what we normally associate with with it so if it's not there it's, it, it's okay but but what God says and he's, he's speaking this to Solomon you know Solomon is the ancestor of Jesus Christ he's King David's son and and he says this he says uh, God says if my people that are called by my name see see a lot of times when we think about that verse why we think that this is a national thing no this is for God's people and and, and you know if you look in the new covenant why God don't need a lot of people he needs two people to agree together, and then Jesus Christ is in the midst, and he'll bring about whatever they're asking. So, so this morning when we pray, you know, if I, if I can get one person to agree with me, why God's going to heal our land, that, 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 that's what he promises there in this prayer. But so if my people are called by my name, uh, sh she'll humble themselves. You know, when you humble yourself, what that means is uh, my dependence is on God. It's really, it's a whole lot bigger thing than if this person got elected or that person or if that judge made this decision or if this bill passes the Congress. No, our dependence is totally on God. That what it means to humble yourself and pray and seek my face. And what it means to seek God's face is when you get to the point where you say, it really don't matter what I think, God. All that matters here is what you think. 
and, and, and then it says, um, and then this, and, and turn from their wicked ways. Well, when God's talking to his people in relation to healing the nation, what is our wicked ways? Well, I, I, what I believe it is, is that any time that, 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 that a believer says something, uh, anything that's not positive about the nation or, or about the people in the nation, uh, that, that's a wicked thing. And I'll, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, it don't matter so much what unbelievers say because their words have a limited amount of power. But when we say something, it's just like God's talking. We, we create our world with our words. So, boy, it's so important that, 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 that God's people, that, you know, you and me, the people in here, that we, we speak life over our nation, you know, and, um, and you know, that, that, that shouldn't be so hard to do. Um, it's like, you, you, you know, America is the only nation in history that chose God. In fact, when our founding fathers wrote our Constitution uh, in 1776, line by line, they had scripture references for every line in the Constitution. Uh, you know, for many years, our nation was the only nation in the world that spread the gospel around the world. We've gotten other nations that we've sowed enough into them that they're doing it now, too, but that all come out of here. And, and one, one after another of our founding fathers said the whole purpose of America was to... Uh, spread the gospel of the salvation of Jesus Christ around the world. It shouldn't be so hard to speak positive about our nation. God has blessed our nation, and that, that's never going to change. God's never going to take his blessing away. In fact, in fact, you know, God calls America his darling. God calls, because we're the nation that chose God. Um, um, uh, you, you know, when you think, uh, man, man uh, so, so, so I've lived here in America for 63 years, and, and you know, it's just, it just keeps getting better and better. You, you, you know, so, so like, uh, so like when, uh, my generation, there's ne uh, just as a regular citizen in America, there's never been a, a person in another generation that enjoyed the high standard of living that I have and that you have any other time. Even if you were a king or a queen, just think what we got. I mean, uh, uh, like right now, uh, you know, when, when I talk about television sets, I used to talk about 50-inch ones. I wouldn't even talk about nothing less than a 70 right now. You know, you know I, I got a phone that, that I can look at that phone and watch any movie that almost that's ever been made in higher quality visuals and, and, and better sound than any place you could have found a generation ago. You know, when I get in my car, I got, I got almost every kind of music um, there must be a hundred different, at least, music there. But I got preaching, the be better preaching than there's ever been before this that goes on 24 hours a day in that car anytime I want to access it. I mean, man, we have got it so good. We should just be so grateful. I mean, there never should be a word that comes out of our mouth about our nation uh, that's just not totally grateful. You know, uh, let me tell you this. Politicians or judges... Or, or other people that disagree with God, they're not worth one word of yours because uh, they're already gone if they're disagreed with God and their memory will stink behind them. So they're, they're not worth you wasting words or wasting thoughts or wasting emotion on them at, at all. So, so, so we need to just speak life over America. And, 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 and the great news is, as good as what we've seen, you know, uh, uh, in America, there, there was a spiritual rebirth that happened in 2015. And, you know, if you think back, like, uh, like, so our founding fathers, when this nation was born, they didn't have a clue 
what thing, how great this nation was going to be 100 years later, even 20 years later. And I'll tell you, there's, there's nobody living in America that has one clue of how great things are going to be after the spiritual rebirth that we've experienced. And, and, and so just get rid of any... Um, uh, 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 and, and here's something that will help with that. I was listening to a preacher just this last week, a very credible, respected prophet over decades, and, and, and this was his word of prophecy from the Lord. God said, quit listening to the news. That's never done one good thing for you. So I, I, but, but so we need to speak life. I mean, that, that's the wicked ways we need to turn from. So, so when, I, when we pray together, we're going to covenant. We're going to ask God's forgiveness about that and get rid of it. Because I've actually heard Christians that, that, that were critical of the nation and people in the nation. I, I can't believe that. And, and so uh, uh, turn from the wicked ways. And, and, and then here's what God says. Then I will hear from heaven, God says, and we'll forgive their sins. See, if we just repent of that bad talk, God will forgive it. And he'll forget about it. And we'll heal their land. So, so whatever you don't like, what, what, what these guys served in the military to promote in our nation, whatever you don't like, man, let's speak life. Because we, we create the world we're going to live in as believers. That, that's why God's talking to his people and not just to everybody. So, so are you folks in agreement with me on that? Okay, okay so let's pray. Man, in Jesus' name, we, we just set ourselves in agreement. Th th thank you, Father God. Man, you, you, you said if you could just get two people here that would agree with you, Jesus, that you'd be here in their midst. And, and, and man, we got a couple people here agreeing with you at least. And, 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 and I'm thinking there's a lot more than just a couple. In fact, I'm thinking probably everybody in this room is agreeing with you, Jesus, that, that you want to use America here, uh, uh, the spiritual reborn America, to finish the job of, 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 of getting your gospel all over the earth. And, and boy, these next years, why we're going to see so many people get saved around the world. So many people in Jesus' name. I just thank you for that. I thank you for that, God. We, we just agree together over our veterans here. But we do. We, we just, uh, man, that was a seed they sowed those years that they served. And, and we just agree together that, that they have a, a tremendous, amazing personal harvest from that. But, but we just speak that, 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 that their service, that was a, a ministry because this went into your nation. I, I thank you for that, God. And so, so we just, uh, uh, man, forgive us for any bad word we've ever said about our nation or, or, or any of the people. Uh, 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 you, you know, we, we know that anybody that don't agree with you, they're not even worth talking about, thinking about. You, you're, gonna t you're our vindicator. You're going to take care of all this thing. And so, man, thank you, God. Thank you that we can live here in this nation. We thank you, God, for these years ahead. Uh, uh, as great as it's been in the past, the years ahead are going to be so much greater. I just thank you for that now. We agree together. We receive this healing of our land. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go on, I, got, I, got, I, just, I, I just thought of one thing. You know, back in, uh, um, in, in 1983, so, so I, was, I was 28 years old, you, you know that there was three times as many murders in the United States as there was in 2017? So that's a 300% decrease in murders from 1983 to uh, 2017, 34 years. Uh, you know, the, the same thing is true with abortion. Did you know that there's, there, there's only a third of the abortions in 2017 than there was in 1983? Things are getting better all the time. You'll never hear that on the news. Uh, they're not there to tell you the truth. They're, they're there to, to sell stuff. 
So they, they dramatize everything, make everybody mad so they'll keep watching. But I'm telling you, you need to get your, the truth. And then the place to get truth is from Jesus Christ. You just know that things are getting better. Because if two people will agree with them, man, things are, yeah. Um, so we got to move on. I got a couple announcements to make, though. The ushers are going to pass out these communication cards right now. And on these communication cards, there's a line on here uh, where you can sign up to attend the Dave Ramsey class. Uh, now, we're going to, uh, the way we're going to do that, we're going to do it over at Destiny Fitness uh, uh, every Thursday night in February and March because we need, we need time to get the materials here. And that's a longer class than our Wednesday night uh, uh, church will, um, will accommodate. And, and, but there's a cost on that. Uh, so when you sign up, why, why you, you get the, the workbooks and all the papers, and then you have access to Dave Ramsey's website for a year. Uh, the material we're using is just brand new. It, it just, it, it's not even been released. We'll order it, and we'll get the first, uh, uh, the first printout of all that. So, that's, uh, so, so, so talk to Linda about that if you're interested. $109. Um, every Thursday in, uh, in uh, February uh, and March at Destiny Fitness, the upper level, starting at 6.30. Okay, and then uh, we, we, we started, we had our first Wednesday night uh, church here um, uh, for the winter. Last week, we're, we're doing, the, doing the Rich Wilkerson uh, uh, Junior Curriculum, Jesus, Friend of Sinners. Kids are doing the Seth Dahl uh, uh, one. Man, we had, we had a great time. We'll be back at that at 6.30 this Wednesday night. We'll get done at 8. So you're, everyone's welcome to that. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much for coming to church today. Praise God. Well, let's all stand up one more time. And I want you to think of something that you're thankful for, just one thing that you're grateful for. This is the month of Thanksgiving. In a week and a half, we're going to have a Thanksgiving uh, feast, you know, in your homes and stuff. So think of one thing you're thankful for and then go and tell somebody what you're thankful for. Just greet them and say, hey, this is what I'm thankful for. Go ahead and do it right now. Be specific. Don't just give them a hug. Tell them what you're thankful for. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'm thankful for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. God's good. So, um, so I just want to make an announcement that, you know, uh, Ryan here, Ryan Carey, he's going to be taking over our children's ministry, uh, head, heading it up. And um, so if you have any questions, if you have any questions about that, he's the man to see. And next week we're going to pray for him. So uh, we want to fast and pray all week to make sure that we, a lot of prayer. We need a lot of prayer. So we'll be in intercession all week long. So yeah, fast, fast all week so we can get some good stuff. Anyways, I want to receive the offering of the ushers. Please help me if you. Fill out your communication card. I just want to echo what Dave said about the Dave Ramsey. Everyone, if you've never gone through Dave Ramsey, you should go through it. He has a national a radio broadcast. You can hear him every, got a lot of wisdom. Uh, and I would encourage you to go through that course. 
I went through it. And um, so how do we do, Trish? We did pretty good, right? <laughs> so anyways, um, I mean, his goal is to, you know, have you be a millionaire by the time you retire. So that's not a bad goal, really. And uh, so it just takes some uh, good sense about money. And so I just want to encourage you to sign up for that. So let's receive our offering. If you're making out a check, make it out to Destiny Church. Giving cash, would like a receipt, just slip your hand up. One of these ushers give you an offering envelope. Hallelujah. Let's pray over our offering. Lord, we just thank you that we can give. Thank you so much, Lord, for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for the privilege of living in this nation. Thank you, Lord, that you have put your hand upon us and upon this nation, Lord. And we just trust you to do great things, Lord, in our nation, in our land. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen. Go ahead, man. You can pass the offering buckets. Also, don't forget, like Dave mentioned on Wednesday night, we have the Wednesday night service. And uh, it's a great time to connect with people because we don't just uh, have a lecture type situation. We also have break up into uh, groups and we talk about what we've learned. And so it actually becomes a tremendous time together. Hallelujah. Praise God. So how many are glad you're alive? Beats the options, huh? Amen. Hallelujah. So lately, um, I, I'm coming to a, the end of this uh, subject we've been talking about. Um, and so uh, I've been talking to you about faith. It's, some, it's a subject that I haven't really talked about that much lately. And, uh, but I just felt like it's something that all of us need to have an understanding of. Um, you know, the Bible says that the just live by faith, or we could say it like this, the Christian lives by faith. And that means every single one of us uh, need to understand what, what faith is and what it looks like and what it doesn't look like. And, um, you know, the Bible says that we go from faith to faith. So in other words, we start out the Christian life. The only way to start out the Christian life is by faith. And the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. And so we start out the Christian life by faith. We're supposed to live the whole Christian life by faith. And we're supposed to die by faith. Amen. So there's never a time when our faith isn't supposed to be growing. And we use that verse in Thessalonians where he says, ever increasing faith. Our faith should be increasing all the time. And the Bible talks about small faith and, and great faith. It talks about weak faith and strong faith. And so every one of us, our faith is on a certain level a certain continuum. We either have weak faith, little faith, we either have, or great faith, strong faith. And it really, it's up to us. It's, some people think it's up to God, but it's actually up to you. God gives you when you get saved, God gives you a portion of his faith. And uh, it comes to us as a seed form. And then it's our job to nourish it and make it grow. Um, you know, we, and so if our faith is weak, or our faith is small, it's really because of how we administer our own life. And we don't take, we aren't deliberate about causing our faith to grow. You know, some people, when we hear the word faith, a lot of times we think of it in terms of a certain set of beliefs, like, you know, Lutheran, Lutherans believe this, Catholics believe this, uh, Baptists believe this, so we call that Baptist faith, Lutheran faith, um, Catholic faith, and all the lists. But actually, there's only one faith, 
uh, Jesus or Paul said that in Ephesians four, he said, there's only one faith. And um, and it was authored by Jesus in Hebrews 12. It says that Jesus is the author and finisher of faith. And so even though there are beliefs with faith, actually real Bible faith is a spiritual material, spiritual substance or materiality. Hebrews 11, one, you know, the Bible doesn't always define every word. It gives us a whole chapter on, on love, but it also gives us a whole chapter on faith. There are verses that describe love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Not talking about human love, but talking about divine love, God's love. And it goes through there and lists it, talks about it in specifics so you can understand what God's love is. It also talks about faith. In Hebrews 11, it says in verse 1, it tells you, gives you a definition of faith. faith now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the two words there is substance and evidence. Two words that you would never think of when you think about faith. Because a lot of times when people think about faith, they think about like a, you know, you're blown bubbles, you know, and you just reach up and you touch them, they just disappear. It's kind of like a faith is just kind of this wistful, just kind of like you're crazy because you believe things that you can't see. You're nuttier than a fruitcake. You know, you're just a nutcase. You know what I mean? That's what you are. You know, that's how they kind of think about it. It's just kind of a wistful kind of floats into your mind and then it just kind of floats away. And it's like, you know, and then you're mysterious and you're, I'm a spirit, I'm a spirit floating around, you know, and it's like, it's like that. But actually the, when the Bible talks about it, it says faith is the substance. When you think about substance, you think about tang something tangible. And then you think about, it's the evidence of things not seen. So when you think about those two words, there are words that when we think about evidence and substance, those are things that have tangible ability to them. They have proof to them. Isn't that true? And so that's what happens with faith is that when a person has faith in their heart, because faith, the type of faith that we're talking about is faith of the heart, not of the head, but faith of the heart. When a person has it, they have a sense of there's a tangibility to their beliefs. It's like it's more than just I know something. It's something that is so real inside of me that I can just, in a sense, spiritually touch it. And it's just there. I know that I know that I know. Amen. So that's kind of how it is. And if we never get to that point, we really don't have Bible faith. Um, and so if you think about this, you know, people talk a lot about obedience. You know, well, the problem is, you know, that person doesn't obey. And, but if you look up the word, you look up the word obey, and then you look up the word um, for faith, I think it's, or disobedience, uh, the word for faith is per being persuaded. And the word for unbelief or, or disobedience is being unpersuaded. The reason people don't obey is because they're not persuaded. I mean, why don't you do certain things? You're just not persuaded. And when you think about faith, faith is like the persuasion. You're persuaded to believe something. You, you have this persuasion or this inner sense of, yeah, this is true. I know that I know that I know. And because I know that I know that I know, I'm going to act and I'm going to I'm going to talk and I'm going to act consistent with what I believe. Does that make sense? I remember when I first became a Christian, you know, I uh, I got saved New Year's Eve night. And I wasn't planned. It wasn't a planned conversion. It was I was on my way to a party. It's kind of a long story. New Year's Eve night in 1971. And um, and so through a long series of events, 
I ended up on uh, downtown Minneapolis on, I think it was Washington or University Avenue in downtown. And I, I, my mother had bought me for Christmas a suede leather coat. And she said, if you, you ruin this suede leather coat, I will kill you and disown you. You know, it's kind of like that because <laughs> I didn't take care of things very good. And so all of a sudden, we're, so we're stuck downtown Minneapolis hitchhiking uh, New Year's Eve night about midnight. And uh, it starts to sleet out. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't think sleet is good for suede. So I thought, well, the only thing I can do is turn this coat inside out. So I had to... T- I turned this suede leather coat inside out. And so I want you to see this picture. I'm with two other guys that are Christians, and they have Bibles with them. The one guy would stuff his Bible in his pants and walk around like that. And so here we are, New Year's Eve night, hitchhiking, University Avenue, North Minneapolis. And my, I got my coat, coat inside out. Nobody would pick us up. <laughs> and so finally some drunk who was on who was escapee from prison, picked us up. And so they started witnessing to them. And, and, and uh, when they're witnessing them, they're witnessing to me. And so a long story short, um, I didn't get to sleep that night because I laid in bed thinking, I need to do something with my life. My life's a mess. And so that night I, I received Christ. But um, what was interesting about that is that I always question, because the church I grew up in is they co- equated, if you're a Christian, you have real faith, you, that means that you will live and you act like a Christian. Well, I could never get that part down because I had so many temptations in my life that I never could get the part live, act like a Christian down. Even though, you know, because I was raised in church, I tried it a few times, but then I'd always succumb to a temptation and then I would think I'm not saved. The minute I succumb to a temptation, I go, I'm not saved. And so I was sitting there, I, I made this commitment to follow Christ and, uh, but I didn't know if it would, st- it would stick. How many know what I mean? I didn't know if this is going to last. And so what I was waiting on was how, if I could be consistently a Christian or act like a Christian consistently for a period of time, if I could do that, then I would think I am a, truly a Christian. But if I can't consistently act like a Christian for a long period of time, then I, I'm not a Christian. That's what I thought. That's how I reasoned. And so I'm sitting there. And a few days go by, I had a friend invited me to this house meeting. So I went to this house meeting. It's probably about 50, 60 people there. And, uh, and so when the guy, we got done with worship, the guy goes, we have a new Christian here today. And I thought, oh, we got a new Christian here. I didn't know it was me. And because my friend had told the leader that, uh, that I had received Christ. And so he goes, uh, yeah, his name is Steve. I couldn't pronounce my last name. You know. And so I go, oh, I was shocked. He goes, stand up, Steve, and give a testimony. So, you know, I was like, oh, great. You know, that's, that was one of the things I didn't like to do, speak in front of people. And so I stood up, and I started to mumble something. And he said, no, we can't hear you back there. Come on up here. And so he got me up in front of everybody. And I didn't really know what to say, but all I did say was, well, um, my life's been pretty messed up. I've been pretty messed up. But on New Year's Eve night, I decided that I was going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to serve him all the days of my life, and I'm going to, I'm going to follow him. He is the Lord and master of my life from, this, from that day forward. And I went and sat down. When I sat down, I, I, thought, I sat there thinking to myself, I don't know, I feel different inside after I made that confession. Something's different inside me. That's how I felt. Something has changed. Something has shifted inside me. And I walked out of that meeting that night going, 
Something happened. Now, I didn't know Romans 10, 9 and 10. I didn't know that verse where it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I didn't know that verse. But what I had done was I had done that. I publicly declared that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And see, that's what they used to do at baptisms. As soon as somebody would receive Christ, they would water baptize them. Because water baptism was a time of public declaration. I have chosen to follow Jesus Christ. He is now the Lord of my life. And so what happens is it's a believing. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. That's how a person gets saved. You believe and you confess. That's how we start out the Christian life. That's a principle of faith. I believe, therefore I speak. We start the Christian life that way. We're supposed to live the Christian life that way. And we're supposed to die that way. I believe, therefore I speak. Because really, some people think, well, I don't know if a person has faith or unbelief or not. Sure you do. It's easy to tell if a person has faith or unbelief. Just listen to what they say. Amen? If what they say contradicts Scripture or contradicts what the Bible says, then it's unbelief. Amen. If what they say is consistent with Scripture or lines up with Scripture, then it's faith. How many follow what I'm saying? And so, you know, some people say, well, I call it like I see it. Well, as long as you're looking at the right thing, that's a good thing to follow. But if you're looking at the wrong thing, it's a bad thing to follow. How many see what I'm saying? Because it's not, it's not seeing is believing. It is believing is seeing. It's backwards in the kingdom of God. And so all of us here... All of us here, we have to uh, come to the point where we understand what faith is. That's why, like in traditional type churches, you know, for hundreds of years, what they've done is they've said these creeds, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, you know, uh, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Some of you, if I started it, you could all say it. What, what are they doing? They're teaching people to make a confession of faith. And so that is a principle that we'll find as we look at this, we'll find this in Scripture. And so we can recognize whether faith is present. How do we do that? By what people say. We can tell what they believe by what they say. And so if what they say contradicts Scripture, it's not faith, it's unbelief. If what they say lines up with Scripture, then it's inconsistent with faith. Amen. We, we know that the spirit of faith is present. Paul said that, he goes, we have the same spirit of faith. What is it? We believe, therefore we speak. We also believe and therefore we speak. So we have that same spirit of faith, which is what? We believe and therefore we speak. We believe, we speak what we believe. And so it's important. Now, sometimes people just parrot things and it's not really what they believe. But um, what we're after is that combination, believing based on Scripture not based on fantasy, but based on Scripture. We believe, and therefore we speak. Amen? And so, you know, what I did was, after I got saved, I, I began to, at first I didn't tell anybody, like I said, because I didn't want, I wanted to know if it stuck. But after that, I told everybody. I told everybody at work. I got them all around. I said, hey, guess what? Because, you know, I used to do drugs at work. We smoked together and drink and do all kinds of stuff at work. And so now I'm, I'm telling them because, at first, I just said, no, I'm, I had a New Year's, New Year's resolution. I don't do that anymore. And, uh, 
And so then later I said, really what happened to me was I got saved. I got born again. I'm a Christian. And they all, they, I thought they would make fun of me. Um, at first they just said, wow, that's really good. That's really good, Steve. We're, we're proud of you. And then, but then after that, it was every time I walked in to punch in, it was hallelujah, brother. Steve Cornwall, Evangelistic Association. <laughs> Pass the offering buckets. And then it was that every single day. It was wisecracks, smart aleck remarks. But you know what? When any one of them had a problem or a need, guess who they came to? Yeah, they came to me and they quietly go, Steve, come here. I go, yeah. yeah. Hey, would you pray for me? I'm, I'm going through this or I'm going through that. I go, sure, I'd be glad to pray for you. And, and so um, it's so important that we, not only do we believe right, but that we speak right. Amen. And so I want you to turn to 1 Timothy. This is a verse that we looked at before, but I want you to look at it again, because whether or not we have great faith or weak faith or little faith or strong faith, it depends on us. Look at your neighbor and says, it to tell me, it depends on you. Depends on us. So in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Notice this next word. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Notice he says, nourished up in the words of faith. Nourished up in the words of faith. He didn't just say nourished up in the words of God, even though faith comes from Scripture. But there's certain things, have enough sense to realize there are certain things that nourish you and there are certain things that don't nourish you. Even if they're, if they're in, uh, spoken uh, and they're using scripture. I used to listen to a, you know, a lot of different preachers and I still do, I listen to a lot of preachers, but some preachers I don't listen to. I'm just telling you the truth, I don't listen to them. Because they're always, under, what they say undermines my faith. What they say undermines my faith. They will say things that have to do like with, you know, some, like this statement. Sometimes God says yes, sometimes no, sometimes wait a while. I don't listen to that preacher. Because that's really inconsistent with Scripture. And sometimes, you know, they'll say things that, you know, well, that's not for everybody. That's just for a certain few people. I don't listen to that preacher. Because I don't want to listen to things that undermine my faith. I want to listen to preachers that will nourish my faith. I told you last week that there was one preacher, one sermon I listened to over 500 times, that one sermon. I could, I could actually quote the sermon. But it, every single time I listened to it, it nourished me. It nourished me, it fed me, fed my soul. And so I listened to it because it nourished me, it challenged me, it changed the way that I thought, changed my thinking. And so here he says, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. And so here's the idea, is that we need to feed our faith and starve our doubts. Feed our faith and starve our doubts. I heard a prophecy one time years ago where this guy said, you know, speaking by the Spirit of God, he said, it's thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words that leads the heart out of defeat into victory. It's thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words that leads the heart out of defeat into victory. So if this doesn't, if this, this thought, how many know that you have to control what you think? You know, I never used to think that you could control what you think, but that thinking was wrong. You can control what you think. 
Now, we're not trying to get you to think nothing because that's crazy. But we're trying to get you to think right. Somebody says, well, that's brainwashing. If you don't wash your brain, somebody else is going to wash it with something else, right? I don't know about you, but my brains need to be washed. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5 that, we, that, that he washes the church with the washing of water by the word. Amen. So he's washing our thinking. That's a terrible thought, Steve. Don't think that anymore. And he washes our thinking so that we think consistent with what he thinks. Remember that verse in Isaiah where it says, God says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. Isn't that an understatement? You, like, God, really? That is a really understatement. First of all, God has no fear thoughts. I remember one time there was this, you know, this meeting where they were trying to encourage kids to prophesy. And so a little kid gets this word from the Lord, supposedly. He goes, hey, he says, thus saith the Lord. Don't feel so bad if you get afraid. I get afraid myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong prophecy. <laughs> but my point is, how many know that God never has a fear thought? He never's wringing his hands up in heaven going, oh, no, what are they going to do now? How many know that's true? He never, he's never concerned about anything. I remember one time, you know, years ago, I was going through a difficulty. And I, I remember, you know, I, I think you've heard, probably heard me tell the story. And so I'll give you the short version. And so Finally, when I, I, I kept seeking God, God, say something to me. Finally, when he spoke, I remember not only what he said, but I remember that his words came. It seemed like it came with the atmosphere of heaven. And the thing that I felt when the words came were, I don't think he's even, I'm about ready. I, I was actually about ready to check myself into the mental institution. That's how bad it was. And I go, he's not even nervous. I mean, he's not. And then I read about the throne. It says there's a sea of glass around the throne. You know why that is? Because he's not, he, it's just everything's peace. That's why he said, I'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. So there's a peace that passes all understanding that comes from him. He, it, he, and there's joy and there's peace and there's righteousness in the Holy Spirit, which is what the kingdom of God is, Right? And so he said, I'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind on me. Why? Because uh, when you think about him or yet, yet his thoughts, his thoughts come with peace. That's why if you have a thought that comes to you and it creates anxiety, it creates fear in you. This is how we examine certain thoughts because you have to judge thoughts, right? You know, I, I remember, you know, sometimes you hear, and that's why I have a hard time with these end times teaching, because it's always disaster, and disaster shall come, and disaster shall be here, and disaster will get you this way, and a third of the population will die, and if that don't get you, something else will get you, and by the time you're done, you're just like, oh, God, this is horrible. And when God comes, when God comes, he never, ever says, boy, if you, if you ain't scared now, you should be. Well, I'd be scared, too, if I was you. If I was living down there with you, I'd be scared. He never says that. In fact, he always says, don't, first thing, don't be afraid. So you're in a situation, if God shows up, you know what's the first thing God's going to say? If you're in a tough situation, the first thing he's going to say is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And that's the first thing he's going to say. Because if you, if you go into fear, 
you're actually going the wrong way. So right now, every thought of fear that you have is not God talking to you. Every worry thought you have is worry is a member of the fear family. When fear throws a family reunion, worry shows up. There's Aunt Worry. There's Uncle Anxiety. They all show up. The whole flaky family shows up. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not fearful. I'm just worried. No, you're fearful. You're fearful. Every fear thought, that fear thought's not God. You see something happen to you. You feel something in your body that's not right. You go, oh, no, uh-oh. That fear thought, first thing, don't be afraid. That's the first thing. Don't be afraid. And if you get into fear, what will happen is you'll stop hearing from God. You won't be able to hear from God. Now you're somewhere where you're getting yourself difficult. That's what I did. I worked myself up into a lather. Years, I mean, I've done that many times. I don't know about you, but I worked myself up into a lather. I mean, I was like, I was a crazy person. <laughs> I was like one step from running through the tombs, cutting myself. I mean, I was a nut. I have a good wife. She a great wife. She's real uh, steady. And I can have my hair, you know, I mean, get the picture of me. I have my hair all, I've got saliva coming out of my mouth. <laughs> We're going to die. We're going to die. Shut up. Right? I mean, that's kind of, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit more uh, white, uh, wound tighter than she is. And I'm just like, I get worked up. You know, I'm like, Wah! and uh, we're going to die. We're going to die. And she'll go, she's just more, she's more spiritual than I am. <laughs> Settle down, you know. But that's the first thing. If you're afraid, that is not the voice of God. Amen. So the first thing God says is don't be afraid. So, so we have to, <laughs> cut off when there's something there. So feed your faith, starve your doubts, nourished up on the words of faith and good doctrine. So in other words, I need to be nourished. My, my soul needs to be nourished on the words of faith. You know, last week I talked about this verse in Matthew 17, in verse 19, where it said, Jesus said, they asked why they couldn't cast out this demon. Jesus said, because of your unbelief. And then he said this, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, now, some of the translations say the size of a grain of mustard seed, but that's not the right translation. If you look it up, anybody can access a concordance, a Greek concordance. You can even Google it, and you can come up with it. It, it isn't faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. He said faith as a grain of mustard seed. That, what he's saying there is the grain of mustard seed, I think, is the smallest of all the seeds. Don't quote me on that, but it's really small. But what happens is it grows into this incredible tree that birds build nests in. And so what he's saying is that a faith, it starts out so small, but it works. It operates like a seed and like a plant. It starts with a seed and it grows into a plant. So in other words, what happens is your faith, when scripture, some scripture comes alive, God speaks a scripture to your heart. Some, some verse comes alive we try the next day to get fruit from it without realizing that that scripture has to, has to germinate. It's got to sprout. Then it's got to grow up. Then it's got to grow a, a, a fruit that's not ready to be picked yet. And then it has to ripen. And then when it ripens, we pick the fruit. 
And that, that's a process that takes time. So in other words, if you want to get immediate results because we are immediate society, I want it now. You and God are going to have a hard time working together. You know, I heard a guy one time, he said he was going to start a restaurant called a, Quick, a Quickie Burger. And what it was going to be like, you order by phone and then you don't even stop. You just roll your window down and they, and they, um, and they somehow swipe your, give them your credit card so you pay for it online. And then you, you, don't even, you don't even stop. You just roll your window down and they throw it inside your car as you drive by. Because <laughs> I'm in a hurry. <laughs> Quickie burger. I think that's a divine idea. <laughs> right? Just the drink and everything. Just throw it all in there. Just here. But, but, but you see, when it comes to spiritual things, you can't succumb the laws of, 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 of the spiritual realm. You have, to, you have to abide by them. And they parrot or they, they paralyze, paral, they're parallel to the laws of nature. So that means in nature, what you do is, again, you plant a seed. And the seed goes through this growth process. And it always comes to a point where it will begin to produce fruit. And when it produces fruit, it's, it blows your mind. Because once it starts producing, buddy, it's like it produces more than you, can, than you can have because God is the God of too much. Preach, Steve, I believe I will. And so that's what Jesus was saying. He's saying, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. So why don't you turn to your name and say, nothing shall be impossible to you. So it starts out small and it grows into a great tree. Amen. So if we don't understand this growth process, what happens is we think it doesn't work. Well, it's not working. No, it's working. It's just that you don't understand the process. Amen. We try to get, we try to get fruit from it right away or before the fruit has matured. And so if we, if we try to do that, what happens is we're disappointed and then what we do is we start developing doctrines that say God doesn't always answer. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait a while. We make excuses because we don't understand the process. But if you give it the process, give it a chance to work, it's going to work every single time. So let me conclude because my time's already gone. Do you believe that? Did that go fast? Are you kidding me? I looked up and I go, somebody's monkeying with that clock. I think Charlie's, when I look down, Charlie jumps up there and moves the clock ahead. <laughs> Matthew chapter 14, look, look at this verse here. A pretty well-known verse where Jesus, you know what I titled this message? I was going to title it, Mrs. The, True, the Real Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> but I actually titled it, Doubt, The Thief of God's Best. And, um, but look at Matthew 14. It says that the ship, was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the winds, for the wind was contrary. Sometimes that's how it is with our life, is it seems like circumstances are contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, that's like three in the morning, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit or a ghost. Really, is what the translation says, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Notice, they cried out with fear. Straightway, Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. 
Literally what he said was, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Notice, don't be afraid. Now, here's, this is a really peculiar response, if you ask me. If you were rowing across a sea and the wind was contrary, Jesus comes walking to you on the boat, on the water. This next thing is not what I would say to Jesus. I don't know, maybe you would. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto you on the water. And he said, come. I don't know why, but I would, if it's a stormy night, my first thought would not be, hey, bid me come. Would, it, would you be that? You're there. I'm going to come too. Bid me to come. And Jesus goes, come. I mean, I, mean, I would think that Jesus say, what? Come? Bid you come? You stay in that boat, dummy. <laughs> Walking on waters only for me, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. It's not for you. You stay in that boat. You can't walk on water. Only I can do that. I'm divine. You're, you stay in that boat. But then Jesus goes, come. I'm going, what? That's, that's hard for me to understand. The only thing I can think of is that Jesus always invited them to do what he did. The works I do, you'll do. Greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. So when he did it, they go, hey, I'd like to do that too. Well, come on in. You know, it's just like, let's go. Where most of the time we'd like to say, no, you can't do that. You're human and humans don't do that. And so look at this. Peter was, when he'd come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now let's stop right there. That's amazing. See, we always move ahead and read the next part, but... Stop right there and think about it. He walked on the water. Peter did. I mean, come on. If it says he only took one step, that's amazing. He took one, if he just took two steps, that's amazing. I mean, even one step, that is amazing. Would you guys agree? Now, what was he walking on water? He was actually walking on come. Because he heard Jesus say, Come. You know, every once in a while, we need to hear Jesus say something. Come. And he heard Jesus say, come. He didn't just say, well, if you can do it, I'm going to do it too. He said, if it's you, bid me come. Come. And he gets out of the boat. Peter gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water. Now, here's another thing that I don't understand. But when he saw the winds boisterous, <laughs> what has that got to do with anything? You're walking on the water. And he goes, he, so he's walking on the water. He's looking at Jesus. He's coming to Jesus, walking on the water. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, the wind is boisterous. It's been boisterous all night. <laughs> he looks and goes, oh, the wind is boisterous. So what does that have to do with anything? He sees the wind boisterous. He was afraid. Everybody say afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus, Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and said, Oh, you of little faith. He didn't say, Oh, you of no faith. He said, Oh, you of little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Why did you doubt? So notice that Jesus didn't say, You should have never done it in the first place, because this is only for me, God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He said, why? You had it, man. You had it. You had it. Why did you doubt? 
You know what? There's a lot of times what happens is we start to do something and then we lose focus. We start to receive something, then we lose focus. And that's what Peter did is he was looking at Jesus and he's walking to Jesus on the water. This whole thing is supernatural. He's coming to Jesus. He's walking in the water. He's looking at Jesus. And all of a sudden, wind, boisterous. And as soon as he looks at the wind, he starts to sink. And so that tells you something about doubt is that doubt is really a loss of focus. Doubt robbed Peter of the best. See, the best was he could come to Jesus. I don't know what they were going to do is walk to the, probably turn around, walk back to the boat together. But, but a loss of focus put him in the water. And so that's why it's so important. You know, the Bible says, looking away unto Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, looking away, looking away from what? The wind, the circumstances, looking away unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. Keeping our eyes upon him, keeping our eyes upon his word so that we can, we can do things that are supernatural. We can do the impossible. Amen? Amen. Now let me give you one last verse and then I'm going to close. Amen. That's good preaching, Steve. I don't care what anybody says. I'm glad you said that. You know, we have an example in the Old Testament of this. And it's the children of Israel, their first attempt to enter the promised land. If you remember, they sent out the 12 spies. And 10 came back, it says, with an evil report. And an evil report is a report of doubt. They injected into the conversation something that was not a part of what God said. God told them, I've given you this land. And they said... Yeah, the 10 spies said, yeah, but there's walled cities, there's giants, and the people be strong, and they're impossible situations. And so they said, we can't do it. And they brought up a, a report of doubt and fear, it says. And, uh, but two spies saw the same land, but they said, we're well able. They said, we must go up at once. We're well able to do it. Now, here's what's interesting is that everybody got what they believed and what they said. If you look at, look at Numbers chapter 14 and look at verse, Numbers 14, verse 28, it says, God is speaking here and he says, Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and all that were numbered of you according to your whole numbers from 20 years old upward, which you have murmured against me. Doubtless ye, ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swore to make you dwell therein, save Caleb and the son of, wow, and Joshua, the son of Nun. So here's the deal. The 10 spies and all the children of Israel said, spoke out in fear. They spoke their fear. We are not able, we're not able will be devoured, will be killed, will not, we're not able to go up. God says, you get what you, you get what you, what your fear, what you f were afraid of and what you said, you get that. But then he said, Joshua and Caleb, because they had a different spirit, he said, they'll get what they believed and what they said. They said, we're well able. Isn't that interesting? And that's what Jesus said. He said, we get what we believe and what we say. We get it. We get what we believe and what we say. It's so, it's so powerful. What we believe 
And what we say about our life has power over our lives. It's a principle of faith. It's how we get saved. We go from faith to what? Faith. And in the middle, it's still faith. We get what we believe and what we say. Because what we say often is a reflection of what we believe. Amen? So let's all stand together. Praise God. So what is the spirit of faith? It is, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. I believed, therefore have I spoken. So faith is based on Scripture, what the Bible says, what God's Word says, because faith comes from hearing Scripture. We hear Scripture, it causes us to believe. And God, what God does is God takes a verse of Scripture and He'll quicken it to us. Sometimes you read something, you go, it'll be, it almost feels like God says, hey, Steve. You go, yep, see that? That's talking directly to you. You know, I remember I told you one of the times when I was going through difficulty, I mean, I was really in a bad way. And I opened my Bible. I don't usually do this, but I opened my Bible and I just kind of op- fell open and I looked down and this is what I read. It said, O thou afflicted, tossed with tempests and not comforted. I went, I couldn't even believe it. I said, what? O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest and not comforted. I couldn't believe it. I said, that's me. Have you ever done that? that there I am. I found me right there. It's amazing. Then the next one says, Behold, I will lay thy stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I don't even know what that meant, but it sounded better than the first part. (laughs) Right? I mean, I know the first part described me to a key and I was going... That ain't good. I can tell you that right now. I'm living that right there. But the next part, I, I don't think I'm living that. But it's a, it was a description of where I was at. I mean, it's like if you were going to describe me, you couldn't have done a better job. And I just look and all of a sudden, it just I don't know. It was just like something just wham, slapped me. And it said, I'm going to change your situation. And it goes on to say, I will make your pinnacles of rubies and your gates of crystal and all your walls of precious stones. And all your children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness, you'll be established. You'll be far from oppression and from fear. It shall not come near you and from terror. It shall not come near you. And I mean, I'm just like, are you kidding me? And it turned, it flipped something inside of me. I said, something, something's going to change. That was God speaking to me. And you know what? It did change. And so God talks to us out of Scripture. It was like the voice of God speaking directly to me. Let's all sing this song together.
said shout when the walls were still up and so it switched so now he says shout before you see anything rejoice before you see anything rejoice by faith you know they there's a statement i heard it says doubt your doubts they're unreliable they come from a world that's constantly changing and being changed constantly doubt your doubts they're unreliable amen Praise God. Well, we want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. If the uh, prayer counselors could please come. If you're a prayer counselor, please come forward. We want you to be prayed for. Remember Wednesday night, don't forget that. Wednesday night, 6.30, we'll be here. Something for all ages, kids. Teens are at the Destiny Fitness Center. Um, uh, otherwise, the children are here, uh, 12 years and under. And, uh, and then the adults... For all ages, you go, how about me? Yeah, you, you're invited. 6.30, Wednesday night, going through um, curriculum by Rich Wilkerson. It's really good. Amen? Will you be blessed? If you need prayer for anything, please come forward and let the, these people pray for you. And join us in the back for some refreshments. God bless you, everybody. Have an awesome week. You're free to go. And I want you to know that He can give you today a new future. We hope this message has been a blessing to your life. 
A copy of this message and additional Destiny Church materials are available at destinychurchexit77.org.